going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and I know it's been a minute. It's the off season now. We haven't done a pod since the Super Bowl, uh, but it's your boy, Just the West, and I have on the line special guest, Jay Chan, Justin Chan. Jay Chan, what you there? Up? What what up, up? I'm here. Very happy to be here. I'm excited. Uh, let's talk about football, dude. <laughs> all right. All right. So, hey, um, to the Just the West listeners, just for some context purposes, my boy Jay Chan is uh, an up-and-comer, I would like to say. He's trying to get into the podcast game. He's a uh, a fellow Alamedian in the Bay Area and also a 49er fan. Uh, I'd say maybe not as technical as me, uh, more so on the casual side, but I want to bring him on the pod to, to get his feet wet. And so hopefully, if and when he has his pod, you know, he'll be ready to, to fuck some shit up. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate the opportunity to, to come on. You know, I, I've I've listened to the podcast before and yeah, I've, I've listened to other podcasts and it just be kind of always thought it'd be kind of fun to, to be a part of uh, something. So uh, I'm excited to talk about um, mostly the Niners because fuck everyone else. But, uh, you know, this is your podcast. Let's take it okay. where, wherever it goes. Okay. All right. For sure. Well, hey, you know, if and when you make it big for yours, uh, I think at the end of this pod, I'd like to give you a little, little time to, to promo the if and whens, what you got cooking on your pod. But if and when, you know, don't forget about the little people like, you know, Just the West and, you know, the loyal followers for Just the West. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, let's go ahead and get to the NFC West because, you know, Just the West is a NFC West podcast exclusively covering the 49ers the Cardinals, the Seahawks, and the Rams. But, um, Jason, let me ask you this. Super Bowl ended. I was, well, I would be lying if I was saying I was whatever. I was pretty happy that the Chiefs lost. Uh, no bias, you know, from the previous Super Bowl with the Niners and Chiefs. But outside of that, Jason, I mean, have you been kind of keeping tabs on what's been going on in the NFC West? Yeah, just to go, well, to go back to your Super Bowl question, I, I did feel very happy the Chiefs lost. <laughs> Because, you know, a couple of years ago, Niners in the F- Super Bowl had that had that W wrapped up and then Patrick Mahomes did his thing. So it's nice to see the other side of that. Also because uh, I have a friend who's a diehard Chiefs fan. Shout out Chris Corte. Oh, Chris Corte. And uh, I was just talking a lot of shit in the text <laughs> thread uh, to him. <laughs> Uh, but you know what? At the end of the day, shout out Tom Brady. As much as people hate him, like to shit on him. I mean, dude's a winner. He gets he gets it done. You really can't hate on that, you know. And I didn't want to like kind of gloat and be petty because you know, obviously, uh, the Chiefs losing is it, it sucks for them. But I thoroughly enjoyed it, especially the way they lost too. Meaning that they didn't score that many points. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they got. There were a lot of penalties their way that they were complaining about. I'm like, well, you know, uh, the previous Super Bowl, you, you got all the calls. So, mm-hmm. uh, kind of felt like, kind of yeah. to, to kind of take it back. Kind of felt like uh, that second time the Warriors and the Cavs played. You know, we didn't get a lot of calls. The Cavs were getting everything, and oh, you know, it kind of felt like that a little bit. But for as a Niner fan, it felt good to to see the other side struggle. And because everyone knows how potent that offense is, to see that D line of the the Bucks just kind of, I mean, given wasn't Mahomes hurt or something like that? He had, uh, you know, like a foot injury kind of throughout yeah. postseason. You know, um, he wasn't hundred. But then the, the key thing for them is Eric Fisher. 
their tackles, their offensive line was certainly hurt too. So that collectively, yeah. yeah. That's true. The O line's important. But you know, and that's part of his game though. Like if he doesn't have a foot, like he can't really scramble and do the stuff that Russell Wilson kind of does too. So um that being said, it was nice to see him get sacked a couple times. Um pressured the whole entire game. So um it is kind of weird seeing the Bucks win it. It's kind of a random team, right? Like I <laughs> No, I mean, so here here's the deal though. Like Tom Brady, that was his, I believe, don't quote me on this. I believe it was his ninth Super Bowl, you know, nine times in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And so the first eight times I've always rooted against him. I just didn't want him to win. I think it was because, you know, being a Niner fan, I didn't want him to surpass Joe Montana and, you know, Super Bowls abound with with the Niners franchise. But obviously, mm-hmm. up to this point, uh, we're past that. He's he's a Bay Area kid, and so for this ninth Super Bowl, I was like, no, I I'd rather have him win it versus Patrick Mahomes because if the Chiefs had won, uh, you wouldn't hear the end of it in terms of being you know a true franchise. Um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of glad with the outcome right now. I mean, for for good measure though, like they have a great team, right? That offense is pretty good. But that being said, you know. I I've, don't don't quote me. Didn't we have a? Did we make a run for Tom Brady? The Niners didn't they try to get him on the low? Not really, you know, in the spotlight, making Jimmy G like kind of feel some kind of way. You know what I mean? I mean, so that's the thing about the Niners. You know, Niners general manager John Lynch and the head coach Kyle Shanahan—they're always kind of in the mix. I don't know whether it's true or not, but you've heard things about Tom Brady, them looking at like other quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson, and. Um, they don't seem necessarily content, uh, but it's not like they're really pushing for an upgrade at quarterback, but they're certainly always yeah. kind of in the mix for those conversations, you know? Yeah, it's like uh, they got the job already. You know, they're getting some recruiters hitting them up. It's like, yeah, if it happens, it happens. Looking yeah, for the I mean, good, you know, right fit. But Put myself out there. I know some Niner fans are a little bit more, you know, pushing the emergency, like we need an upgraded quarterback. But I think Lynch for the most – Lynch and Shanahan, they're – they're content with Garoppolo, um, and if the opportunity presents itself, then so be it, right? And at the same time, I mean, when he does play, I don't, I don't see a crazy issue. I don't know about you, but I, it's not like he's the worst quarterback in the NFL. He did take us to a Super Bowl. He had a couple games where he didn't do much, but there are a couple games that he he had to le- elevate us in order to win. So there's flashes. It's just he can't stay on the field. I think it's interesting though. Like when you think about. You know, the fandom, the Niners fan base, or just Twitter, just the media in, in general. Like, if you were to outside in, have no idea about the team, you would think that Jimmy Garoppolo is like, I don't I don't know, like Nick Foles or Mike Lennon. Like, he's like a horrible quarterback. Wow, Mike um, Lennon. Okay. Yeah, I had to put that out <laughs> right there. But you would think that, like, he's not a good quarterback. But, you know, he went healthy. It's a big if. He gets shit done. Um yeah, I don't know. And then conversely, like there were rumors that, hey, Jimmy Garoppolo might go to like, I, I don't know, the Patriots. And then a lot of Patriots fans would, would love to have him more like the second coming. It's just a different, just whatever's greener on the other side of the grass, I guess, you know? Yeah, no, I feel that. So, I mean, that being said, I'm excited for this year. I think, you know, they did some good stuff uh, in free agency so far, kind of more active than normal. Yeah, so let's go ahead and segue from Super Bowl. Now we're officially into the offseason. We have about, I think, about a month away to the NFL draft. We had about a week or so, week and a half of free agency. So most of the the first two, yeah, 
most of the first tier free agents are signed. So here, here we are right now. Um, yeah, what would say you about the Niners? So just to recap that, the Niners, they didn't make that many crazy moves outside of the organization in terms of players, but I think a good thing for them is they retain the core players that they like to build upon. That starts with Trent Williams on his six-year, $138.5 million deal. Uh, that goes with re-signing Jason Verrett on a $1.5 million deal. Um, they got Alex Mack, super old, but I mean, you know, uh, he's 35, 36, retaining some stability at center. Um, Samson Alcobaum from the Rams, an edge pass rusher. Uh, he's kind of there because I don't think they are expecting much from D Ford. So, I mean, you know, they've done enough to patch themselves going into this draft where with the 12th overall pick, they're not necessarily pigeonholed towards a certain position. Uh, they can certainly upgrade across the board, but you don't have to do a certain thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they also did a couple. I mean, if you're a Niner fan, um, I feel like you watch the games, you, you hear the names a lot. They did a lot of re-signings, which... Um, I, I don't know how old these guys are, to be honest, but uh, at the same time, you know, it's cool seeing those guys come back. A couple of years ago, we did, even last year, we did have a solid defense last year, but uh, trying to get back to that defense of two years ago, that was just so dominant. Um, keeping DJ Jones, I think, uh, on the line yep. is a solid. solid yep. I mean, he played great last year, I think. I don't think anyone really knew his name. Um, I didn't until I watched some of the games. Um, I think they re-signed... Uh, Tart, which is my favorite name to say in the NFL. Bro, um, that's that's great. Yeah, he's got an awesome name. Jaquiski Tart, yes. Uh, and obviously, you know, get that O line back. Um, that's super important, especially with Jimmy G, like glass body. Uh, <laughs> try to yeah. keep him on the field and don't get touched or whatever. So, I mean, l- let me ask you this. Um, having said that. Are you content with their their off season so far? They had a couple of outsiders, like I mentioned, Akubam. They signed. Um, uh, what's yeah, what, what what's his deal? What is his deal? I don't really know him. I don't know his name. Or he is a mid round pick, I think third fourth round pick. Don't quote me on that, but he's been with the Rams uh, for the like the last three four years. He is pretty much like a D four tangible, you know, in terms of the tangibles for athleticism, length, uh, lanky arms. Uh, they had him as a pass rusher starting off his career, and he did pretty well. And then they put him more so in coverage the last couple of seasons. So kind of a mixed bag. From what I understand, they would like to have him in that D forward pass rushing scenario uh, and to really utilize his, his athleticism. So um, I think it's a good signing. I think it's a good signing. And having said that, you know, for, for their pass rush for 2019, they did so well because they had multiple – Defensive linemen, they they can change in, keep them fresh. Uh, but last year, they got – I mean, you saw what happened at MetLife Field against the Jets. Um, just Nick Bosa, Solomon Top. Like, their depth got depleted. And because of that, their guys weren't fresh. And, you know, they couldn't rush the passer like they used to. And, I mean, I think for – I mean, are we talking about the draft now or like what they can do? I guess I would say – or what's left over for agency. I, I think what I've always wanted them to do, which they've never done, is just go out and get like a, a top-tier corner or a top-tier receiver. Like those those two skill positions. Like a deep threat, super fast, like a Tyree Kill type of person. 
that can just stretch the field. That's why I miss Emmanuel Sanders. That year that we had Emmanuel Sanders, like he may not have caught a lot of balls, but when he did, they were just for for big gains and it kind of you know allowed the stuff underneath and the run game to kind of. And you have Kittle too at the yeah, top yeah. of that. So like oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> you have you have space underneath and that's where like Debo like does so well and stuff you know what I mean so um you got AU so I'm excited to see all these guys play together and that's probably the key like these a lot of these guys have not played together so I don't know what it looks like really to your point about it, though you mentioned cornerback and you mentioned wide receiver if they were to invest heavily at either position with the first couple of rounds I mean I know for sure like John Lynch, historically, like this is like his fourth draft going into 2021. He's drafted defensive tackle, defensive end. Like he likes his D linemen. For yep. sure, he loves his D linemen. It wouldn't surprise me if they got another pass rusher just because of that same premise of having fresh guys. And maybe there's some uncertainty with Bosa being a little rusty coming off his ACL injury and the uncertainty to D forward. But I don't know, man. John Lynch doesn't really invest at cornerback. Um, maybe in like the third, fourth round, but. That's typically not his MO. And the same thing, well, I won't say the same thing, but um, they haven't really gotten a, a speedy wide receiver. It's always the same type of guy, the, your, your tough, heady slot receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yak slash, boys, slash, right? Slash uh, running back, maybe, yeah. like if you wanted to go in the in the backfield and try to you Debo, Kittle, yak boys, you know? Mm-hmm. For sure. Like, you know, if we had, oh, man, this is like, a dream scenario but if julio jones came or something like that like that'd be amazing reunite everyone from uh you got mac from falcons oh hell got, yeah and you got well uh we had uh who's the running back what's his name um i forget i forget his name but he was on the falcons too like i i love oh, how Tevin, she, Tevin coleman <laughs> yeah I, I just love how he brings his homies over with him like um you know the system you know the guys and um, you know, just bring over Julio Jones. <laughs> you know, if that were to happen for the Niners fans base, I'm sure that they would love it for whatever reason. And maybe this is just how Kyle Shanahan rolls, but it seems like he always feels like his system oversees necessarily the talent of the wide receiver. Like he's been able mm-hmm. to roll with what he has, whether like years past Kendrick Bourne. Now you have an upgrade with uh, you in the first round from last year's draft class, but Typically speaking, he doesn't really try to get top-tier talent. You know, He likes to develop and place these receivers and thrive in his, in his system. Yeah, no, and I get that. It's very, it's very Belichick-y, right? Like, uh, we don't need that. We don't need those guys. They need us more so kind of thing. And whatever, there's a few years. Um, I don't know if it's still happening because they just signed a bunch of free agents this year. But when Brady was going through the, the dynasty like, and all that, they would just pick up whoever almost it seems like, and they'll just turn him into like an amazing receiver or an yeah, amazing play. play. What do they call it? That's the Patriot way. You you do your job. Do your job. Yeah. So we'll see about that. But I mean, going back to the original question, you know, I've always wanted a nice top tier corner or receiver. I agree with you though. Like if you go, it's almost like if you have a lot of tackles on the line, your secondary will benefit. You don't need those top tier guys necessarily if those top tier guys are in the front creating all the pressure and all the And all that the, goes even back to the Jim Harbaugh days. They always had a really strong front seven and then the secondary was secondary, but 
it was good enough um, to support what the front seven was doing uh, in terms of wrecking the quarterback, you know? Yeah, like they made Carlos Rogers a pro bowler, I feel like. I mean, Carlos he was, Rogers, Chante Spencer, I mean, yeah, like they, they, were were, okay. they were fine. Yeah, they're, like, they're okay, right? All right. Yeah. I think the biggest one at the time was like the safeties. It was Hitner, Dante Whitner, Deshaun mm. Golden. Like those, yeah, the safeties are, at the toe. or the tackles. Oh, and then the line, we always had good linebackers too, though. Yeah. Oh man, I miss those guys, the linebackers. I Damn, know. tough times, man. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's we're in 2021. Times have changed. The rules have changed, and so you have like Fred Warder. You have Nick, but like it's it's up there for sure. It's definitely one of the better units. In the league, quote unquote, with an asterisk and a cherry on top, when healthy, a very yep. good, you know. And I feel like it's just been like that it's even before Shanahan. I mean, throughout the whole Shanahan era, everyone's been hurt. He hasn't had a season where everyone, the only one probably is a Super Bowl season. I kid you not. I saw on Niners website the other day, there's some article saying like the 2020 season was the second most injury more season in NFL history. Just when you look at the amount of injuries, those that got on the IR, which it was like a lot of them, uh, mm-hmm. you got to a point where they were like they had money to spend, but they couldn't because of all the the contracts that they had on their salary cap um, to even get guys off the practice squad. You know, for example, it was it was pretty rough last year. Yeah, it is depressing because you know you like seeing them out there, you like their energy, and they are like some of the top players in the league already. Like Nick Bosa is already like one of the top rushers, right? And just see him go down. It kind of sucks, you know. Yeah, I um, I don't know if it's the scouting. I don't know if it's the the training staff. I don't know if it's just shit luck, but that's been happening year over year. I just I can't put my finger on it. The one I, oh, let me say this though: the one huh. um, shining light is um, Jason Verrett, right? Like he came back. Um, he was he was always like considered one of the t- one of the top guys, highly rated. But then, Bay Area kid, yeah, no, he was he was, oh, a, was he really? yeah, I didn't know Bay that. Area kid. Um, shoot, I'm gonna double check, but I definitely know he's from Northern California. Maybe not necessarily like San Francisco, Oakland, but he's from the Northern California area. So, okay. uh, for those that know, please let me know. But he's from NorCal uh, and played for TCU. He was a stud with the Chargers, and then you just had back to back to back injury more seasons they were pretty bad and it was acl achilles and so yeah no he, he had a approve a deal with the niners his first year got hurt he stood by him and now looking into it he re-signs with the niners and he's presumably cornerback number one as, as of today yeah I, I mean i'm gonna miss sherman but i'm excited to see if he he can step up and be the guy be the the veteran now the voice and stuff you know that I'm sure Richard Sherman was, but um, I got to shout out my boy, uh, my boy Drew, because Drew is actually, he's also from Alameda, shout out Alameda. But well, Drew is, um, t- like last summer, he, him and uh, Jason Verrett started training together. So Drew's a PT. And um, every time I saw Jason Verrett do something, I texted Drew like, hey, this is you, man. You did this. Every time he got a pick, I'm like, yes, this is you, man. I think the, the one pick that really, well, in my opinion, changed the game was against the Rams. The first time around, he mm. had that pick right at the end zone. I'm like, holy shit. So Yeah. Good. So it's good to see um those guys that are help that are always injured get out there, make some make a name again for themselves. Shout out Alex Smith too. But I mean if Alex Smith wasn't the guy, Jason Verrett, I think would have been the guy for comeback player or something. I think once Alex Smith just 
walked on the field, took a took a snap. He already won comeback player of the year. So yeah, dude almost as, died. As should <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to discount what he's done to even get on the field, let alone start a couple games for the Washington football team, which is weird to say. But uh, yeah, no, all all the credit to him. Credit to him, Jason Verrett. I mean, it was it was a pretty crazy 2020 season. Yeah. So, so what do you what do you how do you want do you want to like make a prediction how many wins you think they're going to be or let's do it at the end how about the end even then I, there's so much to this off season I mean there's the NFL draft and there's free agent there's training camp but we can do it just just for just for sits and giggles I don't, I don't mind well do you want to go you, through all the teams first or do you want to say it at the end and or let's right do, now, as we go this? let's do this uh, give me a a super 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 early prediction going into the 2021 season and then i'll transition to the next team okay so how many wins there are 16 games in an nfl season how many wins do you think the niners get as of now i'm just which is super early oh man the 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 fan in me is gonna say 12 but the the realist in me is gonna say like eight or nine okay (laughs) okay why? Why? Why say realist? I mean, everyone's healthy now. By theory, I, I don't know. That's true. Um, you know, this the season hasn't started yet. There's always that one guy on hard knocks, you know, that just gets hurt week three of the preseason or something like that. So um, I don't know. Just realist. COVID. Everyone's probably not working out as hard as they can because they're not. They're not around the whole uh, facilities and stuff. So it's hard to say. Like I. I feel like it's just all—it's already a tough division, so oh, yeah. you got to play each other twice, or play everyone twice, I guess. So yeah. I'm just kind of thinking about that too. Who uh, who are we playing? What division this year? Uh, that's another thing I got to double check, and I certainly can right now. I think I, I like probably should—I probably should have said my number after I, I saw that. <laughs> uh, let me let me see. If it's the NFC East, it's twelve. 12 games. <laughs> they are at NFC North and NFC... NFC... Oh, no, that's 2021. Uh, it is 2021. Yeah, I was, I'm sorry. Looking at 2022. Um, it looks like NFC... AFC South, which is the Titans, the Jaguars, the Colts, you know, all them... And then you have the NFC North, which is the Vikings, the Bears, the Lions, the Packers. Yep. Ooh. So AFC South and NFC North. Yep. That's where we're at. Ooh. I'm, I mean, I, I feel like hmm. there's just something about the Cardinals that like I feel like they're gonna they're gonna do something. The the Rams, I'm like, I I, I think it's done. But like some about the Cardinals, they got some weapons. Kyler's, he, I don't know. I feel like he he could he showed some flashes against us last year. Given we were like a shitty defense because we were all hurt, but he just made stuff happen. And then you got Russell Wilson. I don't know what, what moves they made this year, but he's kind of like upset. So um, <laughs> he might even be there. He might be a bear or something. I don't know. He might play for the XFL. I don't know, but. Uh, yeah, he said he wants to play for the Raiders too, but you know, I don't know. 
No one really wants to play for the Raiders. They I didn't just find like... exactly what you were looking for. That's, but not, I did. that's not good. Okay, go on, go on, DJ. <laughs> <laughs> no, and um, I don't know. I'm just excited for um, uh, the Cardinals. I think they can do something. Um, but We can talk about the Cardinals did. in a bit. Let's, let's get your prediction, man. Not oh, no, I told you. I, I said like Niners, eight or nine. Okay, you're not okay. I'll go. Yeah. I'll go with ten. I think ten. I think that I'm confident enough in the staff, and I think if they're somewhat healthy, not like 2020, I think ten wins is certainly right there. They'll be in the mix. I I will say too though. Sorry, the the defensive coordinator. We don't know much about um, that Michael guy. Ryan. That's right. He has been. I mean, talking about feeling old, but I still remember when he got drafted and he played for like the Texans, and now he's the defensive coordinator. And he, you know, from what I've been reading, like he's like a solid, good guy, and that's the reason why he's in this position, just because um, really good glue guy. The players love him. He puts the work in. First guy in, last guy out. Like he, Shanahan, and a lot of people. Truly believe he will be a head coach one day. So I mean, there's that level of optimism for for Demico Ryan's. Yeah, I just think when you you have that stability of the past few seasons, the defensive coordinator, um, and then he got a new one now. It's I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. So padding for that a little bit. Your job is a lot easier too when you're when you have like Nick Bosa, D Ford, and um, you know a pretty good pass rush to bolster your, your defense but we'll see how things go this year right mm-hmm. yeah you know to to preface this i think all the teams in the nfc west are going to be like in that middle of 10 9 10 11 range to be honest well let's just because they just because they play each other <laughs> it's yeah. a tough division they're just killing each other right yeah so pick another team then i know you can talk days about the niners let's team number two for you jay chan I can talk. Uh, well, let's just go to the Cardinals. We just started already talking about them. Um, I forgot that you had to remind me the other day. I forgot that they uh, had a big offseason, a couple actually, right? Dude, so the thing about the Cardinals, which, all right, and I've gone on length about this on the pod. Like last season, if you're going to tell me that they would finish with an eight and eight record, you'd be like, okay, that's a good stepping stone for year two with Cliff Kingsbury. Like, you know, um, just it's it's promising, but the way they went eight and eight is the most frustrating thing as an Arizona Cardinal fan because I think they started mm. the year like I don't know five and one, six and two, and then they end the season eight and eight. Like they lost games that they had no business losing. They lost to Nick Mullins like week thirteen, <laughs> a, a game that they needed to win. Uh, that they lost to, they lost to the Lions. They lost to a bunch of teams. On the final stretch, and that's what really pisses me off, or would piss any any Cardinal fan off, just because they underachieved. And I think a lot of it had to do with their coaching staff. Maybe a lot of it had to do with um, the inconsistencies of Kyler Murray, even though he's mad talented. But that's kind of how I feel about this Cardinals team. But to your point, I mean, on paper, I don't know if it's necessarily for actual play. I don't know if it's for season tickets. Maybe if it was in 2014, it would be lit. But J.J. Watt, <laughs> A.J. Green, I mean, these are big, big names. It's just it's 2021 right now. It's true. We haven't really seen J.J. Watt of 
like you said, 2014 or like that. You know what I'm saying? That JJ Watt that we know. And AJ Green, he's he's just kind of to be fair, they've been on shitty teams. So like they haven't really maybe felt the need to like turn it up. But you know, being on better team, better surroundings, um, better quarterback, um, it might be might be better for them, better situation. And in no way am I trying to discount JJ Watt and Age Green, which I kinda am, but hear me out. I mean, it has historically it has that feel because I like the Cardinals, they have they've signed Eddie George, Edrin James, like a bunch of players past their prime. Mm, and yeah. It just has that feel. I just I just can't get that away from me. Just because that has happened historically with the Cardinals franchise. And uh lo and behold, it that's just from the outset in, I I hope for their sake that it does work out. But that's my did they resign? Did they resign Larry? He's still a free agent right now. I would imagine that they would like to resign him to like a one year super team friendly deal, just to see the ride year three with Kyler Murray, especially when you have, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, AJ Green, and to put Larry Fitz as like the big slot that would be. To, really to your cool. point, to your point, if you're playing Madden and you have those three guys, that is insane. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, right? Those are and all Kyler, like just running around doing Michael Vick shit. Like, oh my god, right? <laughs> that is just—it's so good on paper, but I'm like, oh shit, it's 2021 now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. If if we were playing, okay, yeah, Jesus. I mean, even on the defensive line, you got Chandler Jones and you got JJ Watt on the defensive line. That that defense actually beginning of the year last year was pretty good too, up until like week six, like you said, or whatever happened. Um, yeah, they they were they were crushing it. I had them on my fantasy team. That's why I know. Like, <laughs> had them on your fantasy team. Okay, then you must yeah. be an expert. No, yeah, for sure. I'm a super. I'm super expert. Oh, I, by the way, I won too. Uh, I won the league. You remember that? No, my I I have short term memory. Just it's just one of those things. I don't know. Did you win? I did win. Okay. You did win. You did win, by the way. Check your Venmo. You Venmoed me. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, did, I did cash him out. Anywho. Anywho. So going into the Cardinals, like, their offseason, it's been okay. Um, actually, you know, for Kyler Murray's sake, they've upgraded the offensive line. They, tra- they traded for Marcus Hudson from the Raiders. Uh, I'm sorry. Did I say Marcus Hudson? Uh, Rodney yeah. Hudson. Rodney, Rodney Hudson. Rodney Hudson, yeah. Rodney Hudson from the Raiders, a big upgrade at center. Um, you know, they, they've been making things work. Patrick Peterson, he, unfortunately, and I kind of saw this coming, but uh, he went off to the Minnesota Vikings on a one-year deal. So, obviously, I think there's going to be a big need in the secondary. Um, you can always have an upgrade for offensive line. They're very top-heavy for their offense. Um, so, I would say, you know, they have – I believe like the 15th, 16th pick in this upcoming NFL draft. So it wouldn't surprise me if they got another edge rusher. Um, an edge rusher or like a, or a cornerback. That's, that's just my initial take. What about you, who, who, uh Yeah, I'm super sad about Patrick Peterson. I love that dude. That dude um, is amazing. But who was that guy on the Vikings that was like super old and he was the cornerback? He was like 42 playing cornerback. The Agent Griffin? Who was it? Uh, 
Just a super old cornerback on, on the Vikings. It's crazy. Like he, he was like forty something, and like that's unheard of. I feel like that's gonna be Patrick Peterson on the Vikings. He's 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 getting older. He's gonna end up in Minnesota for uh, a little bit of time and ride it out. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank, but you know, uh, I get it though. There there are some players like that. Uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, hopefully, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, you got to protect Kyler, obviously. So what you said with um, the line is good. Uh, who Who's in their linebacking core right now? So their linebacking core actually could certainly have room for improvement because their former first-round pick, which is Hassan Reddick from Temple, uh, he, he's gone. He signed elsewhere via free agency on a one-year deal. I think he went to the Panthers, actually. Um, so if I look at their depth chart, I mean – um, definitely room for improvement. I mean, th- the line looks good because you have Chandler Jones and JJ Watt, um, but their linebacking course, I mean, it's it, it's okay because uh, they have first round pick from Clemson last year, Isaiah Simmons, who mm-hmm. you know he kind of su- I'm not I'm not gonna lie. he, he kind of sucked early on as a rookie, but then later on, uh, I think he just got used to some of the nuances at, at the professional level and he started to show out he actually had a couple of key plays that got them some wins um but they have him they signed jordan hicks a couple of off seasons ago and then last year's offseason pickup was Devin Kennard from the, the lions and they re-signed marcus golden so i mean overall like they're they're linebackers they're not bad I th- i'd say that they're, they're right in the mix um but just like anything else i, I think you can certainly um it's not an immediate need uh i'd say you can Maybe do a mid-round pick. I I think that their concern is mostly at their defensive line, like some pass rushers. Cause, like depth, depth. Because you have Chandler Jones and J.G. Watt, and they're super old. You get know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> for sure. Just yeah. Speaking of super old, uh, Andy Lee is their punter. I just saw. <laughs> yeah, bro. Uh, That's amazing. He, he's been around. He's been around. Uh, he's kind of like Maki Upati. Maki Upati played for three out of the four NFC West teams before he retired. Feel Andy Lee, if I double check, he would do the same thing. I don't know. He didn't play for the Seahawks because he's a real one. That's why. So Niners, Cardinals. He played for the <laughs> Texans. Did he play for the Bucks? I don't know. He's been on a lot of teams. Play for the. Well, actually, you know what? Sorry, I I misread that. No, he hasn't played for the Rams either. So. Okay. Okay. So just two out of the. Oh, okay, that's not. Cle- Cleveland, Carolina, Arizona. That's how he did it. Okay. Yeah, Pro Baller, right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I always thought it'd be cool to get Andy Lee uh, because for a long time the Niners were shitty. He was like our only good player. I wanted to get an Andy Lee jersey. <laughs> what, just to troll people or what? <laughs> no, just because he was like the only good player on our team. Because <laughs> he went to the Pro Bowl yeah, like multiple times. I mean, practice makes perfect when you're punting all the time for for your team. Yeah, it's true. It's there cool. was there was a point both the Niners and the Raiders had. Elite punters, Shane Leckler. The the kicking and they had Janikowski and mm-hmm. uh, the Niners always had a solid fantasy kicker. Joe Nedney, Robbie Gold, David Nedney. Pierce. Nedney. Yeah, uh, older older kickers, but consistency just the golden standard of because they couldn't they couldn't score, so they they had to get a kicker. David Aker um, was the I think I think Kyle Shanahan's first year. Uh, I think David Akers was like their leading scorer. 
<laughs> just to kind of show you how many fuel many injuries. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, anyways, uh, you know, probably that defense. I mean, who's the? You know who I always wanted to be good, but it wasn't was David Johnson, and uh, I think now he could kind of thrive. He could catch it, catch it in the backfield right now because he has so many weapons like at receiver right now. Well, not to call you out, but you know he's with the Texans, right? David Johnson? No, I know. As I'm saying, like I always <laughs> wish that he he was always hurt with the Cardinals, though. Like yeah. he couldn't finish a full season, and he's yeah. still hurt. Yeah, I know. I mean, he was like a fourth round pick. I mean, you know, he's. I think what's frustrating about it is they paid him. They gave him for his second deal. They paid him like an elite running back because he was making elite running back sort of numbers. But yeah, yeah he's, he's just been hurt. He's been all right. One of those Craigslist misconnections right now. But I mean, I, I'll give the Cardinals credit because they took his like shitty contract with his mediocre play and he somehow landed DeAndre Hopkins. So it, it all worked out for them. Yeah, I don't know what the Texans are doing. I still don't know what the Texans are doing right now. <laughs> and JJ Watt was like, hey, I'm going to go play with my friend over here. They probably get – no, they can't get Deshaun. Why would I mean, they do that? They have Kyler. Yeah, no. He's um, maybe a little somewhere though, but I don't know. He's got like going a little off record for the NFC West, but I think Deshaun Watson has like what, 12, 13 women coming out for him. So stay tuned for that sort of off season. Did Chase Edmonds do okay last year? Like maybe the running back is where they should get like a some help or something. It wouldn't surprise me if they got, I'd say, like a second, third round pick at the running back position. Kenyon Drake went to the Raiders. And so they have Chase Edmonds, who's been always a nice complimentary player. Um, when Kenyon Drake got hurt last season for a couple of games, he did get the starting role, but, you know, he wasn't as effective or it kind of showed that he's better as a running back number two if you catch my drift. Yeah, but I mean, I now that. Opportunity, though, you know. Yeah. But you got AJ Green, Hopkins, those deep threats and those those pass catching receivers are gonna be tough. I mean, they're gonna be maybe double teamed at times. So like yeah. that running back is gonna have a field day, I feel like. I mean, they were supposed to have a field day like last year with Kenyon Drake. Uh it just I think it just goes back to the inconsistencies of this offense. They play a a ten offense, which is four wide receivers, uh one running back, zero tight ends. So they tried to they tried that, um, and then later on, uh, like Cl- Cliff Kingsbury, he's adjusted his offense, you know, year over year. But I think he's still trying to figure out what really works for him, and I think that also speaks to their eight and eight record, just because some of the intricacies mm. of winning a football game in the at the NFL level. Yeah, it's a very good point. You know, I feel like at the same time, you know, Kyler Murray is technically your running back if you want to think about him that way, because he'll just take off. Oh. So. He won't appreciate that, though. <laughs> no, he could throw. He could sling it. I'm saying, like, you know, he's more willing to run it versus Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> or yeah. Jared Goff, right? I um, mean, to his credit, I'll give him – he's got some Russell Wilson qualities, meaning he doesn't always – he doesn't run to run most of the time. He'll try to run to pass, uh, which is – given his, mm. his stature, like, they'll probably save him a lot of, um, a lot of pain. Yeah. So, yeah. They go – I don't know if you want to segue into the Seahawks anytime soon, but that's kind of the more as a football fan playing, watching your team play against Russell Wilson and these running quarterbacks, it's demoralizing when you play great defense for like five seconds and they run outside the hashes and then throw it down the field. How many times has that happened where, I don't know, circa 
Alden Smith days. You got him. And he just... So, so, I mean, Mahomes... And he yeah. finds Tyler Lockett for a wide-open 30-yarder first down. Yep. Yeah, it's, de- it's demoralizing. It's like hitting. It's like when Curry hits a three or something. Like, it's de- like what do you do? Like when yeah, Dame no hits a three in your face, from that far out. Yeah, no business on, for most players, right? Yeah, as a as a person who's played sports before, like you do everything right, and then that happens, and it's like, well, what the fuck you want me to do? Like, yeah. this is like I can't do anything, right? So I mean, there's, I mean, you got. Mahomes, you got Kyler, you got um, uh, Russell Wilson. You know, those guys can kind of make it happen on the fly, which is part of their gift, I guess, as a football player. I mean, that's a big reason why, you know, out of BYU, the, the second coming of Steve Young, that's why Zach Wilson is getting a lot of, lot of hype. Some mm. people say he might be better than Trevor Lawrence, but, you know, for the new NFL age of quarterbacking, so... Mm. But let's go ahead and segue to the Seahawks, your favorite team outside the Niners, of course. But, you know, the, the Seahawks, they've had a, a pretty rocky offseason thus far. And I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, apparently, you know, Russell Wilson was feeling some kind of way, especially since they lost another year, you know, early postseason exits. And Pete Carroll went to say, like, we should have ran the ball more. That's on. That's my bad. Like, they fired their offensive coordinator, Braun Schottenheimer. Uh, they got some guy from the Ram- they got a new offensive coordinator from the Rams, and then from what I understand, there's been some sort of distrust between Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll, just because early on in the season it was, you know, the let Russ cook movement, played a very <laughs> open offense, did well, and then to end the season there were a lot more turnovers by Russell Wilson. Um, Pete Carroll obviously didn't like that, and the way they lost it just felt like. Pete Carroll, this upcoming season is going to try to revert back to the old school, run the football sort of tone, and so that's why Russell Wilson, from what I understand, that's why Russell Wilson said, "Hey man, I don't want to get traded, but if I were to get traded, I want to go to like these certain teams, which is the most passive aggressive thing I've heard." <laughs> um, I didn't know. Can you imagine doing that at work? Like you know what? Like I'm 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 cool, but you know if I if I were to get to another another company these are the not ones saying I, I, I want to <laughs> not saying i want to but i remember that at least through the great body the raiders the bears the cowboys and there's a fourth team i'm forgetting but i'm surprised people want to go to the bears is that is that a thing I'm surprised <laughs> people want to go to the raiders but i mean yeah, i just shut the fuck up um yeah <laughs> it, it was just it was a weird occurrence and it happened in the offseason and then there was a, a rumor that the Bears had offered three first-round picks and two starters for Russell Wilson, and they said no. Wow. So it's just it's just really weird um, how that went down, considering how important he is to your franchise. Uh, so they did make some moves, though. Um, they got an upgraded guard. Speaking on the Raiders, they, they traded a fifth-round pick to get Gabe Jackson, very solid mm-hmm. guard. They re-signed a bunch of their guys, Ethan Posick, um, uh, Puna Ford, um, Benson Mawawa, like they, they had some good good core guys. Someone to the Niners to retain, which is good. Uh, unfortunately, they lost Shaquille Griffin, uh, their third round pick. That was, you know, he, he was with the team for four years, homegrown sort of talent. But yeah, he got paid. He he goes back to Central Florida. He goes to the Jacksonville Jaguars for top cornerback money. So 
going into this offseason, they have that same concern about the secondary. They have the same concern about their offensive line. And now, you know, I don't know. Um, I don't know how Russell Wilson, how he's feeling right now, but it's kind of a weird offseason for these Seahawks right now. I think ever since um, the Marshawn Super Bowl, it's just kind of gone down. I feel like he's, I feel like him speaking out and saying he wants to be traded, uh, like passive aggressively, whether or not he actually said it, you know, there's been conversations. I feel like this isn't anything new. Like he's the past couple of seasons, you've heard kind of rumblings, right? Um, and he's kind of been frustrated with the offense. You can kind of see that. I feel like in the past couple of seasons. I mean, that's why the stats. whole Ledger Cook thing kind of happened because he's like, "Hey, put the team on my back," because I've been doing that anyways. Mm-hmm. And then now they kind of reeled back, saying like, "Not necessarily so." So there's some sort of discord right now. It's kind of funny though because it we 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 let him cook this year or last year. He didn't, and the same thing happened. Usually for the past couple of seasons, they start off crazy good. There's Russ MVP numbers and people talk about it, and then the the last like two months, they just kind of tail off or something. Yeah, and here here's the thing: in the big scheme of things, I mean, these Seahawks they've consistently won the NFC West. They've consistently been in the postseason. Um, so they are like, I'd rather have that situation than being the Cardinals where you just underachieve. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. You can make a case that the Seahawks overachieve a, a lot of times, especially uh, considering how, um, how things have gone for them. Um, but I don't know. Well, you know, you know, you know what it is. They don't let you hold on defense anymore. Rules <laughs> <laughs> have changed. Yes. The Legion of boom of years past things have yeah, I, I don't know. Their uh, secondary is still good, though, by the way. Jamal Adams. Um, love Jamal Adams. He's great. Jamal Adams, great player. Uh, they need to upgrade the secondary right now with their their cornerbacks, but, I mean, their safeties are on points. It's just – oh, and then another thing, too, I just saw today on, on Twitter. Uh, they re-signed – well, they didn't re-sign. They poached from the Niners. They got Kerry Hyder on a three-year deal. Oh, okay. So okay. it let go of Carlos Dunn's lap, who they got from the Bengals last – last year and then they replaced him with Kerry Hyder. So Kerry Hyder had a great year too last year. I think eight and a half sacks. Eight and a half sacks. Yeah. No one knew about him either. So it goes back to that depth, right, of the Niners. Like, you know, just just have some guys that can do it, you know? Yeah. Um that's cool that you know, I think, you know, if we're gonna let Russ cook, we gotta give him some more weapons, dude. Maybe that's why it didn't end up being that great. Um <coughs> yeah, I mean Technically, on paper, I think their offense, at like at least on paper, looks decent enough. Uh, Chris Carson, they re-signed him too on a two-year deal, which is actually a three-year deal. Awesome. Uh, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, they got that locked down. Probably need another wide receiver in the mix. David Moore, he signed with the Panthers. Uh, nice undercover signing, actually, uh, under the radar. My apologies. Gerald Everett from the Rams. They poached him from a divisional rival. So he's presumably going to compete for the tight end spots with Will Disley. So, I mean, their offense is, isn't is too bad. I think it's just more so their offensive line. And, you know, for their front seven, collectively as a defense, they just got to get that right. To, going back to uh, letting Russ cook, I remember uh, a few years back they had Jimmy Graham. And I always wondered, why don't they just give the ball to Jimmy Graham, like, all the time? So I know he was he was coming off injury, but at the same time, like – why not just give it to him? Like, 
uh, and that goes back to the whole ordeal about Pete Carroll. They are a running team. Jimmy Graham isn't really a tight end. He's essentially a really, really big, tall wide receiver. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what he did with New Orleans. That's what he thrived in, right? But when he went to the Seahawks, they said, well, no, I mean, in this system, you're still going to have to block him. We know he's a shit blocker. So that's what happened. Mm-hmm. He wants to catch the ball, which, I mean, because you saw those Saints years, like he would just yeah. get like 10, 12 touchdowns, like nothing. Like it's crazy. I mean, I think the lesson from that, whether it be the Seahawks or any other franchise, is you know, whenever you get a player from an outside organization, you have to make sure that that player's talents does fit with your system. Mm. It's not always universal. Um, it's not as easy as it is for, I feel like, Football is very specific, especially for these roles versus like basketball, where you know if you pick up a stud basketball player, like usually they're going to do well in, in any team, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but anyway, so like you know, going to the Seahawks. Um, any thoughts on the drafts? Actually, you know what? Shoot, we didn't do a prediction for the Cardinals. We did a oh. we did a win prediction for the Niners. So let's let's put this all in one. Let's, let's I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Do the birds, Cardinals, and the Seahawks. Okay, do the birds. I, feel, I like that. Um, I the Niners only non-animal in the in the NFC West. It's your that, hot that, take. I didn't think about that. That's you're absolutely right. It's your just the West hot take for the day, sponsored by <laughs> <laughs> somebody soon. Well, it might be your upcoming podcast. You can sponsor this. Oh yeah, just synergy with podcast sponsorship. Um, yeah. I, I think, you know, we'll put the Niners at 8-9 right there, right? And I feel like the Cardinals will be just like one above that, like like maybe 9-10. Oh, I, wow. I think the Seahawks will go, you know, because they learned a lot last year. I think, you know, was this like year three or four for Kyler? Uh, that was year two, so this will be year three going into this year. Yeah, yeah. And then Cliff's there, year three, I think, two, yeah. three. Mm-hmm. Um, learning a lot. He's, what, what, 22 years old, looks young. Yeah. Uh, I think they learned a lot about winning last year and how to do it. And then you bring in these these guys that um, are veterans. And, you know, Kyler's still young, so he maybe doesn't have that voice that other players are, are going to have. So I feel like they're going to do quite well. Um, and then, I, yeah, Seahawks. Oh, man. The Seahawks, see, like oh, I said before, like oh. I said before, they're always around. So, like, no. all these teams in the NFC West are going to be around the same. But um, I'll go – I'll go 10. 10 wins. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Okay, so I put the Niners at 10. I think the Cardinals, uh, they, they'll do one win better, maybe eight, nine wins. I think they'll be right in the mix uh, just because I'm not the biggest Cliff Kingsbury fan. Uh, that's that's why I'm at that point. I think the Seahawks will be right there at 10, 11 wins as well. I hope, I hope not so much, but I think they always find a way to, to make it competitive. So let's go ahead and segue to the outlier of the animals. You have the Cardinals, you have the, the Seahawks, and then you have the non-animal in the Niners. So you have the Rams and Jay Chan. You live in sunny California, SoCal. And aren't you like you're in Carson, aren't you? Aren't you pretty close to their brand new stadium, SoFi Stadium? 
Uh, yeah, not too far. About like 10, 15 miles about. 10? Let's say 10 miles, something like 10 that. 10 miles, okay. Yeah. And it, the very it's SoCal, nice. It's nice. It's big. <laughs> the the very SoCal conversation is, you know, what what sort of freeways do you have to do to get over there? What, what junction? Junction, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you take you take the uh, 405 north, you hit the one, you hit, you hit the, the 110 north, and okay. then you exit, uh, I don't know, something like that. Yeah. You exit the streets, and then you go to Inglewood. <laughs> so you're going like 10 15 miles, but it'll still take you like an hour to get there, though, right? Oh, it'll take you longer than that in traffic. It's it's pretty shitty. Like, um, it's it's nice though. I actually got a COVID test uh, a few times at, at the forum, which is across the street. No and, kidding. Um, wow. Quite possibly the quickest COVID test and most efficient place you'd ever get one. It's it's amazing. Who would have thought? All right, all right. So not only are is so Cal good at COVID tests, but the Rams have a I don't know how to transition this. The Rams have a new quarterback. Okay, so they traded Jared Goff. <laughs> yes, <laughs> new COVID test. So yes. they traded Jared Goff, and then there's a new sheriff in town. You know, this was the biggest thing that I. Here, here's the thing, okay? So I thought the Niners were in play for Matthew Stafford. I didn't think the Rams could do anything uh, just because their cap is – they were $20 million over the cap going into this offseason. They had a shitty contract and Jared Goff. Like there's no way you can clean the books and even compete with for Matthew Stafford. But the Rams kind of show time over time that they don't care about the future per se. They're a win now. They will find a way to restructure their contracts. They will find a way to – make it happen and that's exactly what they did they got rid of a bad contract in jared goff uh they gave i believe they gave some good draft capital to the lions to make it happen to clear the books and they took in matthew stafford so matthew stafford is their presumed franchise quarterback now he's in his 30s but in today's nfl quarterbacks have a pretty long shelf life given the nfl rules and so by theory on paper you have stafford you have jalen ramsey you have Aaron Donald in their prime years right now. And so uh, I would say that the, the Rams can be very top-heavy per se, but this is a really good problem to have for them. I mean, you can make a case that it was the quarterback play that held them back last year, uh, and now they have Stafford. So, I mean, how do you how do you put this all into perspective? I think, you know, living in L.A. now, you, you listen to a lot of L.A. fans talk about their sports teams. And... Um, Personally, I don't think that Stafford is going to put you over the top to like win a Super Bowl or something. Um, but sometimes a lot of these LA fans are like, "Oh yeah, fuck Jared, fuck Jared Goff." Like, Bob, I'm like, "Okay, cool." Like now you have Matt Stafford. Like that's going to put you like where you want to be. Like Matt Stafford is great, but he's not going to be like he's not going to be Tom Brady coming in last year and win a Super Bowl for you, right? I mean, I could be the devil's advocate. You could say that. Stafford was on such a, I won't say shitty, but, you know, he, he was with the Lions. They didn't have a running back situation, a decent run game. Their defense was nowhere near the level of, of the Rams with Aaron Donald and Ramsey. So you plug him into a Sean McVay system, and then he should thrive. I, I mean, at least that's the that's the mindset, right? Yeah. That's the mindset. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, like, I, I don't know. I don't think that they – um, really did themselves any favors. Like they gave up a lot, you said, right, to to get Stafford. And at the yes. same time, you know, I, I I actually want to ask you this: like, what huh. what is the penalty for like B 
being over the salary cap in the NFL? Like, how does that work? Because I know it is for basketball, but how does it work for football? So there, there is no over. Like, you have to be at it or under. There's no if, ands, or buts. Okay, there, there is no luxury tax. To your point about that. So, the Rams and the Saints, they were number one and two for like, you know, being way over the cap going into this offseason. I believe the Rams had. 20 million dollars over i think and i think the saints were like 50 million dollars over so taking a page out of like what they've done like as a niner fan seals like you're always kind of scared about the salary cap and making all these moves but i'll give the rams a lot of credit they always find a way to get it done and they did it again this year so uh they pretty much talked to all their players that make significant money they talked to aaron donald ramsey cooper cup robert woods and they ask them to restructure their deals, meaning that they want you to take a pay cut in the present, which is 2021. Take take a pay cut or uh, convert that base salary into signing bonuses. And then the rest that was due, they backloaded it into to, to, to the later years. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that works. Um, the only way it can backfire is if that said player uh, like Antonio Brown or what have you, where it's such a bad situation where you have to release him out of, out of nowhere. And all that money that was back ended, the bill comes up upon release. And so you have all this dead cap. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But presumably if you can keep this player and can back end it and kind of push it back, you can manage your salary cap that way. And that's exactly what they did. And for the instance of Michael Brockers, by the way, uh, he is with the Lions. And the reason why he's with the Lions is because they asked him to take a pay cut in the similar manner as like Donald and all of them. And he said, fuck that. Uh, I'm not going to restructure anything. And so they traded him. Then well, that's after he tweeted uh, what he tweeted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after he said that, hey, Stafford is a, a level up from golf and now he's in Detroit. So funny how that worked. That's pretty yeah. funny. Yeah. I don't know if they were trolling him, but that's pretty funny if they did. <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't write it up any better. You know, if you're a general manager less than and you just like fuck it, I'll just change you to Detroit. But all right, so to my point earlier, what I said about Stafford, I feel like they they've essentially, you know, one for one switch, like, okay, yeah. maybe it works out a little better, but they're essentially like around the same level about, right? Um you could say one. Oh, that's a take. Some like kind of like the Jimmy Garoppolo thing for the Niners. Like Rams fans hate Jared Goff. They absolutely hate him. Right. Oh, I know. I, I live it all the time. <laughs> like at work and and all that. People talk about him because I actually brought us up during during work. I was like to my friend who uh, he's actually British, loves football, which is oh. amazing. Oh, you, I, you, usually you it's the other know. way. I've never seen the that way before. So like it's pretty cool. Okay. Um, but he, I was like, how do you feel about this uh, golf trade? And he said, oh, I fucking hate Jared Goff. <laughs> and he just said a strong word too. But <laughs> yeah. you, know, like, you hear that quite often. And I'm like, what? Why? Dude had like one hand and played and won a game for you last year in the playoffs. And he's like, yeah, he's not the answer. <laughs> I mean, they went so far as to like, you know, root and like be somewhat happy that the backup quarterback was playing over Jared Goff, like an undrafted guy. Yeah, right. that, was, that was very. I, weird. I, I'm a little biased, you know. I'm a I'm a Cal fan, so uh, Jared Goff had one of the most ridiculous um, college careers uh, in football. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah. 
So I always thought that he'd be a Niner, but whatever. Anyways, um, I, I I know what you're saying. I, and it, it just to my point, though, like I, I feel like every year the Rams are just finding a way to swap out a player that's kind of similar. So like Marcus Peters, Jalen Ramsey, yeah. uh, you know, they just keep doing – if you keep doing that, nothing's really going to change. Like you're just being the same thing, just switching out guys, right? So – Imagine if they all stayed together or found a way to do that or, you know, um, it'd just be kind of, be kind of cool. But. Well, I mean, I think moving forward for the Rams, you know, speaking of their offseason, um, they're very top heavy. You know, they have a lot of salary cap like committed to th- those said core players. And so going into this NFL draft, I mean, they don't have any first round picks. They, they, they haven't had a first round pick in like, like the last five, six years just because they keep trading them. So if they're able to do this and get away with, this strategy of, of win now they have to draft smart they have to draft effectively in the mid rounds because there's no way outside of that like you can't mess up the very little draft capital you have now because you need to manage the rest of the roster it's a top heavy roster but by theory kind of like what the seahawks did in years past but if you're able to draft effectively um it should take care of itself that makes sense because i mean those Essentially, you're you're taking away those first round picks, and you're you're getting already proven players, right? Yep, Jalen um, Ramsey, Aaron Donald, like they've uh, they traded for Brandon Cooks, they traded him away. Like they, I get the mo, you know, it's just just yeah, you get you get those NFL starters now, and maybe like you don't care so much about those first round picks, whatever, because you're already getting like yeah. first round talent back, right? You don't yeah. have to train them or whatever. Um, but you know, I guess let me ask you this: What have they done in the past few years in the mid rounds? Like, have they done anything of of substance to keep um, keep it going? You know, they've done okay. Um, Cooper Cup, it was found in the mid rounds. Um, I could say, I'm just thinking about um, you know their sa- their safeties. They they have uh, what's this? Their safety last year, he was a six-round pick. Uh, he, he's promising he's probably going to be the starter this upcoming year. Um, his name is uh, Jordan Fuller. Uh, they've done okay. They've done okay. They've done okay. Um, and it goes back to the the, the depth, right? You got to have the depth. Like yeah. you can all those guys can only play for so long because they're human beings, right? Right. Like, they're going to get tired, so you got to get some guys that can can help you out every now and then. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. So, I, I, I mean, I think to your point, um, it's worked for them up to this point. Uh, hasn't necessarily worked. Well, their biggest accolade is they made they made the Super Bowl in like right off the gate with Sean McVay, and that's why everyone was so enamored with the Rams. I still remember what well, was it the Rams against the Chiefs, like how how lit that game was on on Monday Night Football, I believe. But um, you know, since then they, they've been competitive, very very good team. Uh, they just they feel that they're one quarterback away, and this might be that last piece. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I don't I, know. I, I don't see it. I just feel like they keep swapping guys out, and I feel bad for Aaron Donald because like that guy is a monster, but he can only do so much. <laughs> don't feel too bad. He, he is in L.A. He is making like upwards of twenty million dollars for a defensive tackle. He's, he's yeah. They keep asking him to take a pay cut though to 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 bring on some more guys, but you know. Yeah. I mean, that's um, 
that is the balance of trying to be on, being on a winning team too. That that happens often, right? It's it's so interesting though the difference in like um, mindsets as a GM, right? You just you just go for all all in right now, or do you just kind of build slowly and see what happens, and get some pieces here and there? Um, so I mean, this is a very LA mentality though, as like a, a sports fan. Like, Compare them to like the Green Bay Packers. Like the Packers don't do this at all. Well, no one really wants to play for Green Bay. Per se, outside. Anyways, you get what I'm saying. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, especially the fans, they they put a lot of like pressure on the the front offices. Like, oh no, we gotta win now all the time. Like, this is L.A. We always have to win and have the best teams. You can see that on all other sports teams. Like, they they go for the big name free agents all the time. They have all the um the the mentality of like sooner rather than later. Right. Right. Lakers, yeah, I get it. Lakers, Rams, it's very much a a win now mentality. And in the NFL, I feel like it's it's super hard to do that <laughs> because you need so many guys on your roster, and if if your your guys are filling up like all that cap space, it's hard to fill out eleven guys on both sides of the ball and like an extra like twenty twenty thirty people, right? Um, it's a good case study. I'll be intrigued, like, I don't know, five years down if this whole win-now experiment works because it, at first it's kind of showed that it did. They made the Super Bowl. They had Jared Goff. Everything looked okay. And then now they're kind of reeling a bit. But then to make this move for quarterback, they kind of showed that they could still retool. Like, I, it was a big surprise that they were able to, to maneuver the trade. So now you have kind of like some new life. Um, and it, it does help to have a quarterback that's supposedly an upgrade, so we'll see. Yeah, he's a good quarterback, but I don't know if he's the difference maker. Let's put it that way. Like he, I don't think he's going to elevate them to the way that LA, the LA fans are going to want him to elevate them. To your point, uh, they gave up a lot to get him. Uh, he certainly has the talent to do it, but he hasn't done it yet. He has not done it yet in his career. Mm-hmm. He has zero playoff wins right now. To be fair, hasn't been in the playoffs that much, though. <laughs> to be fair, you can only win in the playoffs if you're in the playoffs. I yeah. forgot about that. So. Shout out Calvin Johnson. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry, man. <laughs> like, that sucks. Just, <laughs> just, yeah. Um, Calvin Johnson, Barry Sanders, just, yeah, that's just the Lions' way. So let's go ahead and wrap it up then. Uh, we didn't talk too much about necessarily draft picks for the Rams. They have a lot of mid-round picks. I don't, I know the draft, but I don't know it up to like the third, fourth round. Let's just say that. So I'll say let's, let's get let's get Stafford some help on the line. Uh, he's never really had it, so like let's help him a little bit. Yeah, right. I, I can see them getting like a tackle. Andrew Whitworth is way up there in age. Um, Speaking of forty-two, like that guy's old. He's on uh, Hard Knocks uh, last season, and then they flash back to like the first Hard Knocks that they ever did, or something like that. And right. He was on it like as a rookie or something. Same <laughs> man. So yeah, they could use they could use a little bit more influx in talent at, at, at tackle. They have Rob Haven signed too at the right tackle. Uh, they're they're mm, Austin Blythe's a free agent. Their interior play, it's gotten better. It wasn't as horrible as it was two years ago, but I, I think the pick should probably be on offensive line for sure. How fast things change though? Like they had the best offensive line um a few years ago, didn't they? They did. 
They did. And I think just injuries and just everything else that happens. It, in the NFL, things quickly change. I'll just tell you that. It's it's crazy. Like more so than any other sport, I feel like. It, I feel it's like. pretty crazy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. so many guys on the field. You just there's so much to think about. Things but, happen. Um, but sorry, but the the Stafford thing, like that's why I'm saying, like maybe not so much. Like if he doesn't have the the O line help that he's never even had in Detroit, it's really not any different, right? You're just still gonna be like behind a not great line <laughs> and be scrambling the whole time. So I mean, you're. Going back to the whole Shanahan effect, you, you hope that the McVeigh system will also put him in, in a good place. True that. No, and we'll see, I guess. But okay, all right. So let's uh, let's get to the final stretch. Let's get to the finish line. So for the Rams, for the super 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 early uh, season prediction, how many wins do you think the Rams get? I think they're going five hundred. Eight. That's a pretty good division, man. So we're like eight to eleven wins ranging for all four teams yeah. none of them are below 500 then if that's if that's our prediction that's how it was well not niners are, were not 500 last year no but, i mean you certainly can you could certainly have three i'd have yeah you might have three teams in the nfc west in the playoffs next year you know they have two wildcard spots for sure but isn't that kind of how it all our division is always you can just get rid of the NFC East. Like it's usually just the one team at like four games under five hundred that's going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Uh, and it's it's just you're right. Like the West is so talented and deep, and everyone is so competitive. And whenever you see those games on the schedule, they all just get up for it and play each other like super hard. So, um, those are dogfights. All those games. So bring it home then. How many wins? Uh, yeah, because it seems like you're kind of down on the Rams, and you live in LA. And oh yeah, I'm a little biased. Good. I'm a little biased. Yeah, I don't want them to do well. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. They're gonna be 500. The Niners are gonna be a little better than them, and then you got the Cardinals and the, uh, the Seahawks. Okay. I'm on the same boat as you in the sense that all four teams are apparently 500 or above. I think the Rams can certainly be at the Nine to ten win range. I think that all all the teams can certainly make a case for the playoffs. I think especially the Rams, Niners, Seahawks. I think it's just really going to go towards. And this is what they always say: you have to win your division. You have to win your divisional games. They play twice a year, and so those games count, and that will kind of dictate whether they get nine wins or like eleven wins. We'll we'll have to find out. So who who do you think out of all the four teams has the most wins against each other? It's frustrating, but because you can go like any game, like anyone can, you can see like at either side, right? It's a tough call, really. You know, I'd probably have to say this: gut check Seahawks. Um, you know, there's something about the Niners where I, I'd like to, but. The Seahawks always give give them a really tough time. Even like a, a couple years ago, you know, two years ago when they went to the Super Bowl, like they were like one yard away from losing the NFC West to the Seahawks. So Seahawks always find a way. And I think that their core of their offense with Metcalf and Lockett and, and Wilson, despite all the, the rumblings in this offseason, I think they're, they're a very strong team. I'm so happy for DK. That guy, 
uh, man, when he came out of the draft, I was like, dude, this guy's a monster. I hope he does well. And that first season wasn't great, but he, he turned it on like uh, last year. He could have gone either way. Like right now, obviously, he's great. He's actually, in terms of like his tangibles and his numbers, he's comparing to like a Calvin Johnson sort of player, which is ridiculous to say, but he's on that sort of path. Uh, so you have your DK Metcalfs or you might have your Dorio Beckham Greens. You remember Ooh. him? <laughs> right? Yeah. You remember him? Yeah. He was the same type of player and the same type of like knock where super athletic, big, but he's just, you know, his route running and everything else wasn't polished. And everyone said the same thing about Metcalf. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's it's the, the story of, of any sports team and athlete ever, right? The, the super athletic guy who has never really had to like – get the 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 footwork down or whatever like small things you need to do but um, if you could put it together man in pro bowl like yeah. you know out of this world receiver yeah no i, I yeah. get it i get it yeah. it's worked out for for dk up to this point and i'm happy for him actually think about it for old miss they had dk metcalf and they, they had uh, ag brown on the same team they also had um who else did they had they had one more person too dante pettis no, no, they didn't. No, they didn't. Was he? He, was, no. he was he was UW. He was a husky. Oh, was he? Oh man, who? There's someone oh. else on Ole Miss. All right, all right. We're well, gonna have to get back to it. So, all right. Well, any other final thoughts for the NFC West? We are right around a little over an hour's worth of a pod, and so Jay Chan, like for someone that's trying to get into the pod game, you've gone over an hour, which is pretty damn good. Most people are still trying to figure it out and get comfortable with their voice. Oh really? I mean, I can keep going. I just feel I have a lot of fun talking to people, and uh, it's 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 easier when you're talking to someone with a lot of passion that um, is really passionate about like what they what they're talking about. And I, I feel that from you, like, oh, you know. Jokes. So, um, you know, just to be able to what episode number is this for you? One fifty nine. That's pretty impressive, right? You've done one hundred fifty nine episodes of just talking about a very specific part of football, not even football, a very specific niche part of football. And that's pretty impressive, you know? So oh, um, I think ultimately, you know, I'm just interested in, in talking to those kinds of people. So um, that's what it is. So let's go ahead and wrap it up, guys. Like, appreciate you guys for hopping on the pod and listening to your boy, Just the West, and special guest, Jay Chan. Uh, Jay Chan, if and when you have your pod, I mean – I don't know, just just for these listeners right here. I mean, what sort of pot are you going to have? Do you have a name? Do you have an MO? Any, any special guests? Any hot guests? Any hot guests that you're going to put on the pot? Or? You know, I was just filling it out. And you know, I appreciate some of my friends who actually have these podcasts um, allow me to be on and explore, like, you know, what what it is I want to want to create. And I have some ideas. I, I'm, not, I'm not ready to share them yet necessarily, but okay um but ultimately it's it's just gonna be um just want to talk to people people that are different than me and i feel like that's more interesting because i don't want to talk to someone like me because i am me so (laughs) you know um step out of the comfort zone and see what else is out there so whatever form that takes um just kind of gonna be a, a journey and a process in itself so how are you gonna find these said different people from you? Because you have your sphere of influence, who are technically they're kind of like-minded, I, I guess. So how are you mm-hmm. gonna find these people that are not like you? You get what I'm saying? Just word of mouth, I guess. I don't know if I sign if I. 
I feel like the best way to talk to someone and it's so and to make it non-confrontational and to make it more real is to meet someone through a friend or something like that. So um, I'm sure that there are people at work that you normally wouldn't talk to outside of work, but I think it's interesting is to ask yourself, Oh, why, why is that? Like, I'm sure that they're just regular people and they have interests too. I wonder what their interests are. So something that I'm kind of, then uh like for example if someone you know or someone that is a friend of a friend is like the world's best fencer like for me personally naturally i'm thinking damn how does someone get into fencing like how that's not as some that's not something i actively search out so like i want to know like right like like, yeah yeah, you're the best in the world at it though like let me know that story like i'm curious like how did that happen like, do you go to a club to fence people? Like, <laughs> where does one buy a fencing sword thing or whatever, a foil? Um, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, we're into basketball and football because those are like the Bay Area, like norms of what you like to grow up to. But then there's like fencing, badminton, there's water polo. I don't know. There, there are sports, there are things that I, I've never touched. Yeah. It could be like someone who's the world's best Street Fighter player. I don't know. It'd just be kind of interesting to see how they got to that that point. You know who was the best Street Fighter player, though? I'm just going to put it out there. Just, oh, just, is there actually a person? I don't know. Like, who is it? There was another guy named Justin Wong. I'm just putting it out there. Oh, out. Street Fighter. Is there like two turbo or like which one? I don't know. You know, <laughs> you know they have those tournaments and all that. Just like StarCraft and everything else. There's... Oh, so you went? You, you're you're like nice, nice. You went to tournaments. <laughs> Not me. There was another. Um, there was another guy that just coincidentally had the same name as me. That was where I was fucked. So it happens. It happens. Okay. See, like this is your side hustle, right? Like that. You, I would never have known that if you didn't tell me. But we talked about it. So, like, it, I'm curious now. In the next podcast, <laughs> I'm going to find out like how you got into Street Fighter. Like, no, and I'm all. I'm not in the Street Fighter. No, there's another guy. His literally his name is Justin Wong. He was oh, <laughs> not me, not me. Oh, you could have played that off like you were though. Oh my god, I wouldn't have known. See, now I want to go talk to that guy. I don't want to talk to you anymore. I'm gonna go talk to that guy. Yeah, no, that guy actually made some money off his shit. This is all for fun. <laughs> He's actually really <laughs> good at his craft. Yeah, that's tight. Like I need to know how he did it. Yeah, no, for real. Well, uh, I will. You know what? After this part, I'll, I'll send you a link. Uh, a little little synopsis of, of this Justin Wong. No, nah, it's def- it's you, huh? On the low, just no one knows about it. It's definitely yep. you. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> All right. Well, hey guys, to our listeners, thank you for checking out the pod. Continue to do so, whether it's on iTunes or Spotify, Instagram at Just the West, Twitter at Just the West, and of course the blog www.justthewest.com. Jay Chen, I appreciate your time. Any final words before we head out? Uh, no, thank you for having me. Go Niners. Um, let's have a good year this year. Let's get it. Let's get it. All right, guys. Until next time, we out here. Peace. Peace.